that's my vibe All I needed was a seat at the table Shut the front door, sit your ass down This is me when I'm feeling my feelings Hello, hello, sweet babies How are you? For today's episode, it's just me and you I thought we would just have a nice little chat. So, how are you feeling? <laughs> the dreaded question once again. Um, I have been tending to fluctuate between gleefully optimistic, horribly anxious, and just plain hopeless. I'm someone who have who has experienced a lot of uncertainty and poverty before the pandemic. So, the last couple of years has really been a test to all the tools that I've honed after years and years of mostly self-inflicted personal trials. And over the years, I've created something that I call my emotional toolbox. It's all the things that I have personal control over that I know will help me get back to a place of neutrality and calm. So I thought I might empty out my toolbox and we can look over them. And if one or two of them look like they could help you, I'm more than happy to share them. (laughs) So when I start to notice that familiar feeling, that feeling of depression, that that feeling of anxiety, that feeling of uncertainty, it's usually just like a whisper or like a flash of insecurity that opens me up to something more sinister. Uh, Hopelessness. Hopelessness. (laughs) The loss of hope is the truest villain for me. Without hope for something better to come, I, I just fall apart. And I think that's why myself and so many other creative types and neurodivergent types, we like to start projects because of the possibilities of beauty, the hope of creation. We just crave hopefulness and it doesn't always come naturally. For me, depression is the absence of hope. So that's when I start to go through the tools uh, in my toolbox to work through the internal muckiness. So I always start with a little bit of a visualization. So in my mind, my toolbox is not really a toolbox. It's more like a old school medical doctor's bag. And instead of being black, it's like kind of like a green um, like cowhide. And then all the leather bits are bright pink. And it just, that, those are colors that really attract me. So I've made my toolbox those colors. And uh, aside from it being green and pink, it's also bottomless, kind of like Mary Poppins bag. So if this works for you, I highly suggest creating your own toolbox, something that's uniquely yours, because it's just one more way to kind of make it a physical action in your body. So these are the tools that I use when I start to feel those depressive anxiety feelings, right? So first I always start with my breathing exercise. We tried this a few weeks ago and I thought we'd just kind of run through it again because it is really helpful. It's it's an easy reminder. It's something easy you can do to kind of calm things down and relax. So whatever you're doing, take your tongue from the top of your mouth, drop it down, drop your shoulders from your ears, in through your nose, 
out through your mouth, in through your nose, out through your mouth. Just letting all of that tension kind of melt, letting it go down. It's no longer yours. Just let it go. And if I'm still in those feels of I'm just not right yet, I do the things that I know will give me instant joy, instant gratification, which are always going to be crafting or thrifting for me. Uh, crafting sometimes can be hard for people because people are ultimately very critical of the things they make, even if they, um, think they're not, you know? So sometimes that is not a tool you can use because maybe you think your art sucks and you're not in a place to see that art is literally just the beauty you create. So you don't have to have it be good or bad. It can just be something that you've made. But if that doesn't really work for you and thrifting doesn't really work for you, um, I highly suggest long walk out in nature. A lot of people, you know, in the more woo communities talk a lot about grounding, which is like when you go outside in nature and you take your shoes and socks off and you just are your bare feet in the earth and walk around. Supposedly that's supposed to help like release your negative energy and take on the more restorative energy of the earth. That is entirely too woo for so many people. But the reality is if you go out in nature and you're just touching things that are alive, that's going to help you feel more alive, more grounded, more calm. Being around living things um, brings hope. (laughs) You don't feel hopeless when you walk through a lush forest. You feel the beauty, you see the growth that is around you, and it makes you feel better. So that's my, my third one. Okay, my fourth one, if you're really not getting to the place where you're trying to get to, you have to reach out to your community. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't have a community, and I, I have to remember that I do live in a town where community is something that is promoted a lot, and... Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who live in the Midwest and the East Coast, and they feel really detached from the culture there because they kind of consider themselves maybe more subculture, more of a weirdo. Um, so this is a part where you're going to have to do a little work to get that community. The easiest and quickest way for anyone, in my opinion, is to create a no-buy no group in your town. Um, people who... People who love no-buy groups are going to be people that you want to know. A lot of people who do trades and barters, things like that, they're going to be posting on there, and that's a good way to meet your neighbors. Uh, Meeting your neighbors is an essential part of starting your community. Even if you're not going to be friends with your neighbor, knowing who they are is really important because maybe you will need to depend on them at some point. Um, I also, uh, for me, I started to post on TikTok to kind of like reach out during the pandemic because I felt lonely and I found an incredible wealth of people on there because I started using hashtags of things that I liked and, you know, the all holy algorithm did the rest of the work. Um, And in fact, if you don't have a community still, (laughs) me, myself, I'm going to be starting an online support group um, for weird moms. If you don't feel like you have community, that'll be one place. One time a month, I'm going to have an online support group for all of us to join and come together and talk. And I think it's going to be really beautiful. So stay tuned for more about that. 
the last thing that I use is manifestation writing. <laughs> and again, kind of woo, but it puts yourself in a mindset that things are going to get better. So when you sit down, you're going to write down things that you want to come into your life. And you're going to write them as if you're already experiencing them. If you're feeling hesitant or frustrated about um, a move at work or a relationship you're having with a friend or a lover, like write down how you want to feel at the end of this situation. Write it as if you're already feeling it. I feel so secure at my job. I'm so appreciated. I feel respected. Just offering those things into your life, creating a little bit of hope. Not all of it's going to come true, but the fact that you're putting it out there, you're creating this little tangible nugget of hope that you can look at and you can reference. And it's something that you can go to work towards. And that's always really helped me because even when things have been really dark and bad in my life, I know that I can be like, this is where I want to go. And I, I, I can, even if I don't see the path there, I know that's the end result, and I can finally get over the hump, and sometimes I can reach those goals. So those are kind of my, my tools for dealing with depression. For anxiety, for anxiety dissociation, this is really specific to me, and so it may not work for you, but I, I highly suggest trying it out. Um, so you need to really, with disassociation and anxiety, like it tends to be so physical for so many people. You really need to get outside of your body, like get out of your mind and get into your body. Sorry, out of your mind, into your body. <laughs> so my biggest tool for that and the, my first go-to is vagus nerve cooling. You have a nerve that goes from basically your brain down into your, um, like almost to your root chakra. It's like through the whole top half of your body. And when that when you start to get overwhelmed and stressed, that nerve tends to kind of expand. So if you put something cooling on your chest, kind of in between your breasts, on your stomach, that will cool down that nerve and actually kind of like calm things down. Um, and it gets you out of your head into your body. You want to feel things, these sensations, have different sensations. Uh, another sensation kind of tool that I use is um, hot water and cold water. I run my hands under cool water as long as I can, and then I turn it to hot, hot, cold, hot, cold. This is just one more thing to kind of break that cycle of dissociation. It also can help if you're like experienced kind of like an ADHD burnout where you're kind of in paralysis and you don't know what to do. Getting out of your head and into your body really helps. You know, people say, oh, just go for a walk, but sometimes when you're so stuck in that anxious place, like you can't do anything so if you can just walk over to the sink put your hands in cold water put your hands in hot water that that does help me and the last one is uh the rule of three stop what you're doing look around you name three things you can see three things that you can touch three things that you can hear it's just a one more sensory tool to just kind of remove yourself out of that anxious place Remember all things, all of these, all things in our lives, it runs on a cycle. We are never just straight on a downhill, down into nothingness. We live in a constant cycle. Sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down, but you're never alone. You can always reach out and there's always other people there, other people who can kind of support you. You just have to find them. 
You're never alone. So now that I've shared my toolbox, I want to show you how, I want to tell you kind of how I got these tools. <laughs> um, my life before these tools existed was a lot different. When I was young, I got a lot of praise for being the center of attention, go figure. <laughs> and being that little showboat got me like a lot of love. So as I grew up and as my emotions grew more complicated and nuanced, I used that attention getting behavior to express all of my feelings. When things in my brain space got like dark or scary, all I could do was act out <laughs> to get my needs met. Then as I got older, these behaviors got turned up to 100 because I threw a lot of brown liquor on it. And when you put alcohol on a fire, you get a biggest reaction of all. And right around 27, uh, many of my friends sat me down and essentially gave me like an emotional intervention. Though not qualified to do so, it did have a big impact on my life. Uh, it basically was like, get this under control or we can't have you in our daily lives anymore. And that's when I took some time, over half a year, to work on myself and learn how to process on the inside. It was something I'd never tried before because I was really scared of failing. Failing myself. Because I was so used to failing other people, but I knew that my powers as a friend, a problem solver, an entertainer would always endear me back into people's hearts. But if I failed myself... I was truly a loser, and I didn't know if I could handle that. <laughs> but slowly and cautiously, I tried this internal, quieter version of processing. And through it, I found these tools. Now, these tools are mine, and I would love to share them with you. But the realness is that you are the only one responsible for the tools that work for you. And it's some work, but you can do it. And if you're unsure where to start... Um, I would really try to go back to the things that made you feel happy, secure, and joyful when you were a child. For me, I had a godmother named Carrie Jo. And Carrie Jo was like my second mom. And she lived out in the country. And she was a high school music teacher, a high school theater teacher, sorry. Um, did a lot of musical theater too, but a high school theater teacher. And she ran an incredible program at her school. Um, down in the basement of Carrie Joe's house were racks and racks and racks of costumes and boxes and boxes and boxes of fabric. So when we would go over to Carrie Joe and George's house, uh, me and my god sister Julia would be run down to the basement. We would find the craziest fabrics, wrap them around our bodies, sari style and slung around our hair, giant flowing capes. And we would turn on Enya and we would put on performances in the backyard, which was beautiful. Carrie Jo collected like beautiful English roses. She had an English rose garden. And so there's all these amazing photographs of these two half naked little imp child running through these roses gardens with fabric flowing behind us. And it was some of the most happiest memories I've ever had. The other one I kind of started with was um, when I was a little girl, my mom during Christmas time would make these like gingerbread cookies that had a, a cutout in the middle. 
and we would crush lifesavers and we would crush them up and then we put them in the cookies and they would make like panels that look like stained glass windows. And the whole process was so enchanting to me and was so essential to my like holiday experience. And it made me feel really connected to my mom. And that's kind of where I started. I started with the things that made me feel joyful and complete and happy when I was a kid. And I just expanded off those things. So that's where you should start too. Maybe when you get sad, you need to read your favorite book from when you were 12. Maybe you need to get a brand new Lego set and spend hours building it. Maybe you need to make three ingredient peanut butter cookies. Maybe it's just walking through a bookstore. These are all acceptable and lovely tools. Whatever the tools are, make them yours. Create a beautiful toolbox to keep them in and know that no one can take these away from you. These are yours. I just want you to remember that in these moments where we start to feel overwhelmed, we start to feel hopeless, we start to feel like we can't handle it, remember that you're made of tougher stuff. And you've made it this far, and you can keep going. I know it's hard to believe in ourselves when we're in those places. I struggle with it constantly. I... To a lot of people, seem like one of the most confident people they know. They're like, you're, you're loud, you're on stage, you don't care. But like internally, it's a struggle for me. It's a struggle for me still to feel like I'm good enough in this world. And I'm lucky to have this mirror of social media and I have a community of people who show me love and they reflect the love that I give to them. So let me... Be the love reflecting back to you. You are powerful. You are capable. You are strong. And you're so loved. I want you to take care of yourself because that's all we have. We have ourselves. But if we start looking outside of ourselves, we're going to realize that other people can help us. Other people want to help us. And we want to help others. So start your community, get your tools right, and buckle up, baby. We're going to be okay, I promise. So thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it so much. If you'd like to support the show, feel free to go to my Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash Miss Buttons. Follow me on Instagram, In My Feelings with Alyssa Buttons. And remember, stay kind, stay weird, and I love you. All I needed was a seat at the table. Shut the front door, sit your ass down. This is me when I'm feeling my feelings. Feeling my feelings.